Hi, everybody, and welcome to GeekWire. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. And I'm GeekWire co-founder John Cook. Well, John, I was just looking at Silicon Valley Bank's website, and what would normally be a bragging point looks to me now more like a major warning sign. The key point that they make right off the bat on their website is nearly half of U.S. venture-backed technology and life science companies bank with Silicon Valley Bank. Regulators Friday morning shut down Silicon Valley Bank and put it in the hands of the FDIC. This has huge implications for the tech industry for the very reason of that stat that I just cited. John, you've been tracking this news, doing some reporting on your own. Give us a sense for what you're learning. Well, it's meltdown. <laughs> really, I mean, it is a absolute meltdown. And as we're recording this right now, it's unclear if it's a meltdown that is spreading to other parts of the economy or if this is going to be just contained in the startup and venture capital community. Right now, it is it is meltdown mode in the startup and venture capital world for sure. If you were to look back on Monday of this week and talk to entrepreneurs or venture capitalists about the biggest risks they were facing this week, I don't think one would have said Silicon Valley Bank which, as you said, Todd, banks over 50% of the start venture-backed startups in the country. Frankly, in the Seattle area where we're based, the number is far, far higher. I've been talking to some venture capitalists who are saying it's upwards of 80, 85, even 90% of venture-backed startups have their money parked in Silicon Valley Bank. This is a crisis that no one saw coming. No one. And there's so many risks and challenges in startups to begin with, especially in this current economy where financing and funding was already drying up. And you layer on top of that, the Silicon Valley Bank uh, closure, and it is scary stuff. And entrepreneurs are scrambling, venture capitalists are scrambling. I've been talking to both here over the last couple days, and it's really unprecedented. I spoke to one VC, longtime VC in the Seattle area, who said in 25 years of tracking and being a part of the venture capital startup ecosystem, he's never seen anything like this. And that includes the Great Recession of 2008. And I think we should bring that up in the context of when you think about the Great Recession, uh, you know, 12, 13 years ago, that was having a broad-based impact across the entire economy. The global economy was at risk. In this instance, we're talking about the same sort of impact, but only contained to the startup and venture capital community. For for those folks that are running companies that are venture-backed, this is the equivalent of what happened in 2008. So it's scary times and people are scrambling trying to figure it out. And we're not sure where this is going to play out. There are some short-term implications and questions that we can talk about, but I want to take a step back real quick and set the context. As you said, this was not on the radar of folks. Silicon Valley Bank came out earlier this week on Wednesday and explained that they were essentially having a capital crunch caused by higher burn rates among the startups that they serve and higher interest rates. What's your sense, John, of the causes here? We're talking about the effects, obviously, but what caused this from your perspective? Well, you're right. The venture capital industry has slowed down substantially in the last 
six, 12 months from certainly the high flying days of where we're at. So there's just isn't as much money flowing into the coffers of startup companies. And as a result, there's not as much money floating into Silicon Valley Bank. So that's that's the big macro problem, but that's not enough to explain why a bank of Silicon Valley Bank's history, you know, they're 40 years old and the best known bank in the technology industry has encountered this problem. It does go beyond that from what I'm hearing and I'm not a banking expert, but they had some pretty bad bets tied into some bonds that they had purchased and then sold. And as the inflation rate had gone up, those investments they made soured. And that caused a bit of shock on Thursday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, when that occurred. And really, as it's been described to me, it's a death spiral. You know, they were they were spiraling. And then once the word got out and some larger venture capital firms started encouraging their startups to pull their money or very much consider getting out of Silicon Valley Bank, it just it just mushroomed and it was not slowing down. And that's when the federal government had to step in. I don't know how it's going to play out. I think this weekend is critical. I believe there are going to be some potential suitors that come in and maybe step in. Large banks like a JP Morgan Chase, which has a competitive business to Silicon Valley Bank and banking these types of companies, they could come in and essentially rescue Silicon Valley Bank, maybe at the behest of the government asking them to do so. This weekend is going to be very critical to see what happens to the assets of Silicon Valley Bank. But the speed at which this organization, which has been an institution in the tech industry for 40 years, the speed at which it declined is is just crazy. John, to double down on something you said earlier, this is similar in some ways to what happened across the banking sector in 2008 with the collapse of banks, including Washington Mutual, which remains the largest bank collapse in U.S. history. That was, of course, the Seattle-based bank, which was absorbed by J.P. Morgan in a very similar situation. But that was broad-based across the economy. Here you have a similar explosion, but confined to this sector so far, at least. And so in that way, using that analogy, the impact on the people who are impacted is greater. Yeah. And I think the scary thing right now for entrepreneurs that bank with Silicon Valley Bank is the bank is closed right now. I mean, it's they can't access their money. It's frozen. And they're hopeful Monday that it opens back up. From what I'm hearing from VCs, they're saying, hey, put your wire in to get your money out of Silicon Valley Bank. Like, get in line. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be the person that's last in line here, even if you don't intend to take your money out. Because I guess in the ideal scenario, you have a JP Morgan Chase or a Bank of America step in, rescue the bank, assure all those clients that their money is safe. Uh, maybe even give them some incentives to stay with the bank, the new bank that's taken over SVB. Because the real scary thing is payroll's coming up midweek next week for a number of these companies. And if your money is frozen, they're not going to be able to pay their employees as of next Wednesday, perhaps. And so there's a lot at play here that if it starts to trickle down to, you know, 
tens of thousands of people that aren't getting paid as a result of this, that is really scary. I, my gut is the government doesn't want to let that happen because that would create, I think, a negative spiral for the rest of the economy. And I, I think that's why the federal government stepped in and stopped this before it got really ugly. But we'll see what, how it plays out by Monday and what happens next. All right. We are talking about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. You're listening to GeekWire. It's a special podcast. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop with John Cook. We're talking this week about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. John, you just mentioned the payroll implications. That has to be just a huge nightmare over this weekend. I can't even imagine the consternation and the stress that that would be causing founders Saturday and Sunday, not knowing what's going to happen on on Monday and, and their employees as well. Yeah. And it's interesting. We're even seeing and we're having some great reporting by our reporters at GeekWire, Nathan Beck and, and Taylor Soper. There's a public company, Absi, based in Vancouver, Washington, that actually issued a regulatory filing basically saying, hey, we don't have any cash with Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, that's how bad it's gotten is you have publicly traded firms that are coming out saying we have no exposure here. You know, another Seattle-based organization, the Alliance of Angels, which is an angel investment group. So they have a number of investments across dozens of startup companies put out a message to their subscriber base this morning talking about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and recommending another bank to potentially help navigate this very challenging situation. So you do see at this point, as is the case whenever there's chaos in the business world, folks circling trying to take advantage of of the situation. And I'm not saying anyone's doing anything wrong. It's just it's a chaotic time. People aren't sure what to do. And there are organizations that are trying to step in to I mean, take advantage of the situation, frankly, and make sure that they can potentially help these clients that are struggling right now. I've never seen anything like this, Todd. I mean, big picture, like it, it is so rapid at how this bank collapse, which has been such an institution in the startup and venture community and really kind of blindsided so many folks. And so- Anytime that happens, obviously, in the financial world, uh, it's not good. Let's put that statement by you in context. You started covering venture capital and startups right before the dot-com bust, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I've I've covered the dot-com bust. I've covered the Great Recession. I'm covering this current period. And this one is really unusual. I mean, the dot-com bust, it was a lot of companies, a lot of startup technology companies that were publicly traded and there was a mass euphoria in the greater population propping those companies up in the public markets. And so there was a contagion effect amongst retail investors who were just buying into pets.com and homegrocer.com and all the dot-coms thinking it was the greatest thing in the world, not really understanding the internet or the business models. And many of them didn't have revenue to to speak of and we're burning tons of capital. In this case, a, you know, companies that are being banked by Silicon Valley Bank could be very strong companies. They could have profits or or strong revenue, but the rug's kind of getting pulled out from under them and it's outside of their control. 
putting this in the context of the last six months or so, it feels like it's the latest step in a bit of a comeuppance for the tech industry overall. If you look at the layoffs and the ways that big tech companies have reacted to rising interest rates and increasing levels of caution among their customers. Here now you have the broader economy having a specific impact on startups, which were already reeling from the overall decline in venture capital, the lack of IPOs. This feels like not the second shoe to drop, but the third or fourth for the tech industry overall. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. This was an industry that had been riding high for more than a, a decade and had hit hard times. And it's been extremely hard to get venture financing. It's been extremely hard to get venture debt, which Silicon Valley Bank is an ex expert in historically and has provided a lot of loans and financing directly to these companies. And that has dried up. And so companies were already struggling with, with hard times. And then you throw a curveball like this into the mix and it's it's not a fun fun time to be an entrepreneur dealing with this type of situation. John, there's so much happening here. And just to let folks know, we're recording this right around noon Pacific time on March 10th, Friday. And be sure to follow GeekWire. We're tracking this minute by minute. Are there any other tidbits, things that you've picked up? I'm looking at our Slack thread, which has become epic <laughs> among the team here. Anything else, though, that you would want to get across just in terms of insights into the current situation? The other thing to think about is there are no deals getting done right now, of course. So there, think about if you were a company earlier this week, getting your final term sheet signed and getting ready to get that money wired to you, uh, that's on pause. And the worry, I think, from that is like, does that continue? Is this just kind of adding to this feeling that the startup and venture market is not doing well. And so I'm concerned for companies that are looking to raise their next round of funding, how long this persists, because the negative implications of it could spread beyond just the next week while we're kind of in crisis scramble mode uh, to try to figure out how to make sure your bank is, is staying in business and you can get money. I mean, that's the number one thing here uh, is like, I mean, startups die because they run out of cash for all sorts of reasons. This was a reason that I don't think was in the playbook for many that they wouldn't be able to pull their cash out of Silicon Valley Bank. Now, again, I don't want to be in panic mode here because there are steps that the federal government's taking. There could be a white knight that steps in to buy the assets of Silicon Valley Bank that shores this up and shores it up rel relatively quickly. But I think the after effects of this kind of are adding to a narrative of it's not a great time to be uh, running a startup because of the cash situation. Um, generally, it was, it was harder to raise money. It's been a challenge over the last six, 12 months. And this certainly does not help smaller organization startups, you know, that are two, three, four years old. So just to recap here, the news today, Friday, is that Silicon Valley Bank has been closed by the California Department of Financial Protection. It shut down the firm and turned it over to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC. Those FDIC insurance levels on Silicon Valley Bank deposits, as I understand it from my reading, John, are about 250000 
What are the implications there? Do you have an understanding for how that plays out in terms of the FDIC insurance here? Well, yeah, you're right. The insurance is only up to $250,000 for these companies. So if you're a company that has 10 million banked with Silicon Valley Bank, you're not that protected. I mean, you're protected up to a point, but not for the majority of your cash position. And that, that's why a lot of the venture capitalists are advising their entrepreneurs to get in line so you can get a wire of your money out of Silicon Valley Bank to another bank because, again, don't want to be last in line there for the balance of that money. And, you know, as we've talked about, a lot of these startup companies have most of their cash tied up in this bank well beyond the 250000 that's guaranteed. So that is where I think it's um, a frightening situation for a lot of these companies and why it needs to be shored up that that money is guaranteed to be there for them beyond the 250000 guaranteed by the federal government. Those are cash balances we're talking about, deposits, money in the bank, essentially. There's also the issue of venture debt, which I recognize can be something that fuels a lot of companies where they take out these loans that can cover expenses and provide them with some additional runway. Silicon Valley Bank was also a major lender in that regard. Absolutely. It was it was not uncommon for when a company raised, let's say, a, a $5 million round of venture capital to layer on some venture debt through a company like Silicon Valley Bank to the tune of one, two, three million dollars. And that is now additional capital and runway that it's unclear to me what, what what is happening with that. Presumably, if a JP Morgan Chase comes in and buys Silicon Valley Bank, they would not only bank the money, but also honor that venture debt, that loan essentially that is outstanding. But Obviously, it's a fluid situation and, and people are concerned about that as well. I think we should dig into that some more, Todd, and get some experts that may know what actually happens to those loans provided by Silicon Valley Bank to these startups. So the FDIC in a statement on Friday morning said customers with accounts in excess of $250,000 should contact the FDIC toll-free, 1-866-799-0959. And then it continues, the FDIC as a receiver will retain all the assets from Silicon Valley Bank for later disposition. And it says, loan customers should continue to make their payments as usual, which is quite an extraordinary request under the circumstances. But I guess it's somewhat comforting, at least in that it indicates some status quo. <laughs> yeah. And I was talking to some venture capitalists last night about this. And before this all went down today, and they were predicting, like, what's going to happen here? Like, no one knew what was going to play out. And one of the venture capitalists basically said he would not be surprised if somebody bought Silicon Valley Bank by Friday morning when we're recording this. And there was a debate and discussion over whether that was possible or not, because that's a moving relatively quickly in the in the in the world of M&A to get a deal done that quickly, especially in a situation such as this. Well, essentially, it happened, Right. Somebody did take over <laughs> Silicon Valley Bank, the federal government. And that's where it's just a very unusual situation to have the federal government step in and take take control of Silicon Valley Bank at this juncture. I was frankly a bit surprised by it because this is a real niche bank. I mean, it's banking startup companies in the tech industry and life sciences industry for the most part. 
And I guess my thought, and I'd love to hear discussion and debate around this, would be that the federal government wouldn't get involved and engaged in that. But Silicon Valley Bank is a large bank. I think I saw that they were the 16th largest bank in the country. You know, they had a very large market cap as of at least several several weeks ago. Um, yeah, $209 billion of total assets and $175 billion in deposits at the year-end 2022. So, you know, it's, it's a good-sized bank. You know, the other interesting tidbit here, Todd, that was passed along, uh, Goldman Sachs, if you look back just less than a week ago, and there are a number of investment banking firms that were looking at the stock price of Silicon Valley Bank. And they were putting buy targets, you know, they were encouraging investors to buy this stock and saying that the target would be $312 a share on Silicon Valley Bank. And this was just a week ago. And I guess I bring that up in the context of no one really knows what's going on. (laughs) You know, these are supposed to be like the smartest people on the planet studying our finance, the intricacies of our financial institutions. And less than a week ago, there was a buy rating on Silicon Valley Bank with with expectations the stock was going to go up. And here we are a week later in this situation. It's just like, wow, what whiplash to go from that to where we are today. It's crazy. And just to wrap this up, John, I'm struck by even yesterday, the optimism that we were hearing from some venture capitalists and investors. Well, and from Silicon Valley Bank too, Todd. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Silicon Valley Bank has in that context a fiduciary duty to make full disclosures and to be realistic. But there's also a tendency by many companies, and I assume this played a role here, to be somewhat optimistic by default. I mean, that tends to be the way they go. And that's my bigger point. It feels like That has been the approach of the tech industry, to your point, for more than a decade here, where they could be optimistic by default because more often than not, things went up. But here you have, I think, an extra reminder that That things don't always go up. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes things go down. Sometimes things do go down. Exactly. And I think we're learning that. That optimism is not always reality. And the next couple days, but to your point, the next few weeks and the next few months could be very interesting if you look at this as a watershed moment of sorts that's been building up for a number of months in the tech industry. We're going to keep watching it. It's a big story and um, impacts a lot of folks in the world that we cover. So we're hopefully going to continue to learn more here and report it out here in the coming days on the impact on this. If you or your company or your investment portfolio are impacted by this development with Silicon Valley Bank, we would love to hear from you to help inform our coverage. You can reach us and our news team at tips at geekwire.com. And of course, you can reach John at john at geekwire.com and myself at todd at geekwire.com. As John said, we will continue to report on this story. Our colleagues, Nathan Beck and Taylor Soper are really doing some thorough coverage if you want to check out what's happening on geekwire.com, and we will link to all of those stories from the show notes. We will be back tomorrow with our normal weekly podcast focused on an interesting tech media startup that's attempting to be the tech meme for aerospace news. So check that out this weekend on GeekWire. Until then, I'm Todd Bishop. And I'm John Cook. Thanks for listening to the GeekWire podcast.